1: we are recording this podcast on what is arguably, I think, I think you will agree with me, Bobby. This is the biggest day of the year for us. Uh, this Sunday that we're recording the, the podcast on.
0: Yes, it's, I couldn't uh, agree more.
1: Yeah. And, and I'm not even talking about uh, the Super Bowl. Um, but as you pointed out to me before we started recording, today's date is, uh, is 2 slash 2 slash 20 which yes. is just some, some chaotic energy going on right there.
0: <laughs> really wasn't sure where you were going with that one. You know, I
1: wasn't really sure I was going to end up with the it two. Uh, it's, uh, it's Super Bowl Sunday. And what an occasion I, uh, to talk about baseball. What an occasion to talk about baseball. But I'm going to keep up our, our tradition of what if baseball was another sport or what if another sport was baseball. So if the World Series,
0: mm-hmm.
1: say game one or game seven, whatever what you want, if it had a halftime show, oh. who do you think performs the 2020 World Series halftime show?
0: Is it who do I want or who do I think that baseball would land on?
1: I, I, I was asking, what do you think baseball <laughs> will land on? But I'm, but I'm also curious who you would like to see there.
0: Okay. I, I mean, J-Lo would be good. I think yeah. J-Lo would bring some life. Obviously brings an A-Rod element into the fold. Which yeah. baseball loves and hates at the same time. So JLo yeah. would be good. I don't think that MLB would end up doing something that good because they're too busy tripping over their own feet. I think that they would probably be some like bad country artist, like Florida Georgia line. Yeah. That's a good one. Baby your song. You make <laughs> me wanna roll my window down. <laughs> yeah, I was Do they have I was, other songs? I, Florida I, Georgia I've, line? maybe not like what do you like when you
1: go to a concert do they just like play, play that song that, over and over like, again the whole time you know like, like what else are you it's going like there if to you see? go to a
0: third eye blind concert and there, there's just a <laughs> dude behind you just yelling play jumper <laughs> and then there's like a dude behind him yelling semi-charmed life
1: <laughs> I guess you kind of gotta bury those songs at the end of the set otherwise people are just gonna leave
0: what if people come late though they know yeah. that you're gonna play it at the end yeah true Let's get Florida Georgia Uh, line on this podcast.
1: So down. I was thinking that it would probably be like a pop artist who like is just like four, four or five years too late on, you know, like I feel like Major League Baseball would, put the Chainsmokers
0: yes. at the, uh, I was thinking at the Super Bowl halftime show. But yeah. Halsey's still hip though, right?
1: Yeah, Halsey's still like relevant in releasing music. I don't even know what the Chainsmokers are up to. I Maybe was like really, going, going back to really, high school or something. That like, sounded
0: washed as it was coming out of my mouth. <laughs> Halsey is still hip. I don't know. I still see her in commercials so she's still making yeah, new no, music, no, she just right? released an album. Like she's still, she's still on the charts. All I know is it would not be Billie Eilish. God no! Oh Can my god! Can you imagine gosh. Rob Manfred sitting there trying to rock out to a uh, bad guy? <laughs> He's like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I like that the songs are short, but I don't get yeah. it. Am am I the bad guy here? Who's who is the bad guy in in this situation? And why does she keep saying "duh"? What are it some isn't other obvious like, at all? What are some other like country acts that could play it? Is Garth Brooks like too? <laughs> Like, gosh, famous or emo (laughs) or I don't know. Is it too intense? Like, it's not poppy enough?
1: Yeah, that almost feels like too left of center, you know, because it has to be something that the majority of baseball's fans can be like, yeah, okay, I'm down with this.
0: I think you have a bad read on the majority of baseball fans. I think the majority (laughs) of baseball fans would be down for Garth Brooks.
1: Garth. I feel, yeah, but... But you also want it to, like, be wide enough that maybe non-baseball fans can, like, tune in and be interested and know that, like, this person's going to put on a show. Like, I feel like, like, I could see them doing, like, Kelly Clarkson or something like that. since
0: you've been gone, dude. Since you have been gone. (laughs) I just Googled popular country artists. We got Carrie Underwood. Keith
1: Underwood. Blake Shelton. Uh, Blake Shelton. It would be Blake Shelton. Actually, God
0: damn it. Yeah, he
1: sucks. I know. I don't like him. Yeah. Honestly, they would they would run it back uh with their Grammys performance and bring out Gwen Stefani.
0: Based on well, I love Gwen Stefani.
1: Yeah, we could I talk know, Gwen but, Stefani but for like. <laughs> but you want to talk washed
0: thirty? Mi- 30 mi- <laughs> what? No, no. Hold on. What is what is? She,
1: <laughs> what do you mean? Hold on. What has She's she done good? lately? Is that I what love- you are going to say? More or less, yeah. Performed a bad song with her husband, Blake
0: Shelton, at the Grammys. Are they really married? Yeah, dude. Like, legally married? <laughs> I that mean, are sucks. any celebrities
1: legally married?
0: They're just <laughs> culturally married. <laughs> they just signed a napkin. <laughs> yes, exactly. They're like, we can throw this away if we want. Yeah. Uh, fuck, dude. I love Gwen Stefani. I love No, okay. no Doubt. Yeah. Underneath It All came on last night. We were uh, we were chilling at the apartment, just playing some cards. Underneath It All came on. I know it's like not cool to say that someone's a band's most popular song is like the greatest song ever, but Underneath yeah. It All is a fucking perfect song. Yeah. I saw No Doubt in concert when I was in seventh grade. Gwen still had That's, it then. That was like twelve years ago.
1: Yeah. Oh, I totally believe that. No, she's an she's an icon.
0: I had the flu. I had like a hundred and two fever, but I stuck it out. This you is got, Paramore you do what you and No gotta Doubt. Do, man. Paramore oh, f- and No Doubt. Wow, that is a bill. It was a great show. Yeah. I got dumped that night.
1: Oh, God.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: all but it, it, was still a, it was still a great show. <laughs> so underneath it go. all,
0: it ended up fine. <laughs> okay, we are going to talk about baseball eventually. Um, but before we do that, I'm Bobby Wagner. I'm Alex Faisley. And this is, I think, still Tipping Pitches. Alex it was a semi-eventful week in baseball not really in any good ways I gotta be honest Yeah, not a lot of good news came out of baseball this week we're gonna run down a couple of the things that happened uh, since you and I recorded last Sunday um, number one Chris Bryant lost his arbitration thoughts <laughs> this I mean, made me really mad I got mad on and offline <laughs> yeah yeah. I, shout out to the people at our Twitter replies Oh my God! No, not even <laughs> blocked. <laughs> you won't even acknowledge a fake shout out to them.
1: <laughs> um, I I guess we we probably could have seen this coming per se. I mean, I think there was a part of me that was still holding out hope. I mean, for for context, for those of you who don't know, Chris Bryant has been in a in a grievance arbitration process over the last like four or five years. Is how long this has been going on with the Cubs because he claimed they manipulated his service time, kept him down, um, you know, 2 weeks into the season, then called him up just so they could get an extra year of control before he hits free agency. And he's right. They they did that. And yes, the fact that and and the fact that this, you know, quote-unquote third-party arbitrator was like, "No, I see no wrongdoing here." It's just like so are you saying that Theo Epstein would just have to write service time manipulator like across his forehead in Sharpie for you to take it seriously? Like, are those the only circumstances under which like you see that?
0: Yeah, I saw a lot of people being like, well, if Chris Bryant can't win for this case, then no one can win for any case. And this is the rare instance where everybody who's saying something on Twitter is right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Except for the guys in our mentions. Yeah, except for those guys who somehow find us. I don't know how these people find us. Side note. We frequently get tagged in stuff alongside other baseball podcasts, and that's fine. I'm just a little confused how frequently we are also tagged alongside Starting Nine, which is Barstool's baseball podcast. Don't tag us in that
1: shit. Never do that.
0: If you, I mean, my guess would be that this message is for no one. Because if you actually (laughs) listen to the show, you're probably not tagging (laughs) us with Barstool. I don't think you're making those connections. No. But if you somehow are the guy who's like, well... I just don't hear politics, you know? When you guys talk about politics, I just hear two dudes talking. <laughs> if you're that guy, stop tagging us with starting nine. We're not interested. Anyway. Facts. Go off, King. <laughs> so, MLB's labor structure goes like this. So, you get drafted by a team, you stay with that team for six years of service time, and service time is qualified as time spent in the, in the major leagues. One year of service time is 172 days during the season during that that they call it the championship season window i i literally went and i i read the cba alex fuck yeah i was so mad that i was like i'm gonna read about labor <laughs> so Whom among us hasn't done that it's 172 days you have to be up on the team and if you send someone down during the course of the year they have to be down for longer than 20 days for those days to not be counted towards your 172 days. So towards your year of service. Now, if you don't call them up at the beginning of the season, that time period does not count towards 172 days. So Chris Bryan, baseball's top prospect, he hit 424 in spring training for a team that was trying to phase into their competitive window, yet they still sent him to the minors. Now, that's fine. You know, there's a lot of run-of-the-mill service time manipulation that goes on in baseball, where it's like, <laughs> we leave them down for... Couple months, six weeks. We let him quote unquote work on their defense. That's even what Theo Epstein said in this instance. He said, we'd just like to get him in the flow on defense. We'd like to get him in a good rhythm on defense, which that is the biggest horseshit I've ever heard in my life. What is a yeah. good rhythm on defense? You're just taking like it makes it sound like he needed to just take fungos for two weeks in the minors. Yeah, but he couldn't do that at the Major League level, obviously. No, Despite
1: no, no, no. the fact that you're playing games no matter where you are.
0: <laughs> you're playing more games you when you're in the Majors. Better yeah. to get in rhythm. So they send him down. They call him up the day after. They call him up with 171 days left in the baseball championship year. So he is literally one day, 24 hours short of having a full year of service time. So. Because of that, they get to keep him for an extra year under contract. They get to keep control of him for an extra year, and he can't become a free agent now until 2022, after the 2021 season. So this is like the most egregious example. I was reading the CBA, and did you know that if there had been a one-game playoff at the end of the season, that would have counted towards the 172 days? There would have been an extra day added to the season, and that counts based on the CBA. so if there that was a one-game playoff... That would be fucking
1: hilarious. <laughs> that would be incredible just to watch Theo Epstein just like step on a rake and have it smack <laughs> him in the face, you know?
0: <laughs> anyway, so this is the most egregious example of service time manipulation we've ever seen. Um, And this is not... This is like a new thing, right? Like teams have always kept guys down to keep their service. But this sort of flagrant we know exactly what to do, when to do it so that we can get away with it is like a relatively new concept. And I think that's why it frustrates us so much because there's a lot, pe- there's a lot more people paying attention to these kinds of things now. So you can't just call Chris Bryant up and say, well, he fixed his defense because you can't fix your defense in eight days in the minors or eight games in the minors. That's not going to, you're not going to get in the flow. Unless there's something I, about I, baseball I really don't know. <laughs> I, I think... Still, still
1: the most mind-boggling part of all of this to me is how many fans eat this shit up. And it's hard. I get it. it. Just having billionaires lie to you, like basically your entire fandom, like that sucks. It's a lot easier to just like not pay attention to this stuff. I get it. But to look at something like this and be like, well, maybe there were other factors at play that we didn't know about. Which are real things that people said to us. I know you never read the mentions, never go into the mentions, but we did. And boy, uh, we shouldn't have (laughs) because a lot of, uh, a lot of bootlickers in there. And I don't know. I'm still like, not that I think that fans really have any sway at the end of the day in how owners act, but if you, but if you actually have like, if fans were actually willing to like turn on ownership and call them out for their bullshit, like I don't know, I feel like maybe something would happen. I and and this relates to pr- what I think is probably the next thing that we're going to talk about, which is the Mookie Betts trade, right? And how basically the idea that Mookie Betts being traded from the Red Sox is just a foregone conclusion at this point, and fans and the media are basically like, yeah, well we've acknowledged the fact that he's got to be traded. You know, they don't want to pay him. They're not going to keep him. So we'll move past that part and just talk about like what they could get in return. And it's like, hang on. I think we just kind of skipped over the part where you're just willingly giving up one of the best players of their generation.
0: I think there are a lot of fans who have called this Chris Bryant bullshit out rightfully. And I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of fans who are calling the Mookie stuff out too. I don't mingle with that many Red Sox fans, so it's hard to say. I find myself in online circles with more Cubs fans, but the Boston media for sure is in the bag for this dude. They're like, they're like thinking about different trade scenarios. They're like, well, well, the Red Sox can't pay two hundred and fifty million dollars in payroll this year, and it's like, why, why, why not? It's also like, Mookie is the second best player in baseball, and he's going to get signed to a between a ten and twelve year contract. He's twenty seven. And the back half of that 10 and 12 year contract, you're not still going to have the guys on your roster who are making you have a $250 million payroll. Like those contracts are going to be up in the time that Mookie would still be on your team. There's no reason not to keep him. There's no reason not to keep your superstars. But anyway, back to Chris Bryant really quickly. I think the more important part of this is that he went through with the arbitration process. I'm sure he knew he was going to lose, and I'm sure he knew he didn't really stand a chance because he... He assumed that Theo Epstein probably covered his tracks well enough so that Bryant wouldn't win the arbitration case. But he still went through it. And he is, you know, you can quibble all you want with how good he actually is, but he was a top prospect. He's a league MVP. He's a World Series champion. And he openly fought against, under the structures that he could, he openly fought against management. And he did it on behalf of labor. And he could have very easily just taken his medicine and been like, this is what what teams do, this is what GMs do, this is what owners want. But he didn't. And he fought it for five years. And I commend him for that. And I hope that this is the shining example that they used at the next bargaining table to be like, fuck you guys. We're not going to do this 172-day bullshit anymore. Because without us on cheap contracts, you have nothing. Without players on cheap contracts, owners are fucked. Because everybody who's under the age of 25 should be making five to ten times as much as they're making based on their production. And the fact that owners are brazenly manipulating that rather than just like kind of keeping it on the down low just signifies to me that these people don't exist in the real world. Because if you really wanted to be, if you really wanted to manipulate service time and not get caught for it, you would just do it in a more benign way. But it's just like billionaires have to be flagrant about the fact that they can do whatever they want. And I appreciate that Chris Bryant, this Chris Bryant situation at least, has made this a public issue.
1: Hell yeah. Comrade Chris Bryant. Viva la revolucion. I mean, he's like lightweight radicalized,
0: dude. (laughs) I mean, he is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes. You like go fight a five-year labor strife. Over a over one clause in the CBA, that'll radicalize yeah. you, bro. Yeah,
1: absolutely. If the dudes in our he-
0: mentions had to fight a, a five year labor strife against the Ricketts, they wouldn't like the Cubs either.
1: <laughs> Chris Bryant said, "Not me." Us said Bernie twenty twenty. <laughs>
0: um, speaking of not me, us, Francisco Lindor. Nice. He uh, he wants to remain a Cleveland Indian. He's trying to say, not me, us, the team. I want to stay in Cleveland. I love Cleveland. And I'm not here to be money-driven. I want to be championship-driven. But at the same time, he's like, I need to make the right amount of money that I'm worth, at least. He's like, give me that. At least. I'm not looking for the most amount of money I can possibly get. I'm looking for enough money to where it's what I'm worth. And uh, Paul Dolan's like, nah. <laughs> Nope. Don't want to do that. Because if I give you that, then that means I have to give other people contracts to compete around you. Here's the, wait, here's the Francisco Lindor quote. He said, I'm not money driven. I'm championship driven. I love Cleveland. I want to be here for a long time. But the right deal hasn't been presented. And that was from Cameron Justice on Twitter, who's an ABC News Cleveland reporter. What do we, like, I just don't know what there is left to say. Because we have Chris Bryant and we have Francisco Lindor and you mentioned Mookie Betts also, who, who we should also talk about further in depth. These the, you can't find three people who are not, who are more deserving of a hometown big contract. You can't. These are like the perfect. They are the epitome of guys that you should extend for as much money as they want. Blank check. And and. Their owners and GMs are like, please find any way that you can to get rid of this generational superstar.
1: I'm struggling to find something to say that you and I haven't already like yelled about a million times on this podcast. That you and I haven't already yelled about like a handful of times on the podcast we're recording right now. You know, like all of this or on stuff on Twitter feels... or
0: in real life to anyone who yeah. will listen.
1: Like all this stuff feels so tied together. And I I don't know. It, it's it's evident to me that we're headed for some sort of labor stoppage. Like, it's, it's going to happen. And the Chris Bryant decision is, if not the nail in the coffin, like, that's, you know, that's exhibit A right there. Um, and as far as Lindor goes, I think you're right, where it's like, these are the guys that you build the identity of your team around, right? And show that sort of commitment to the fan base, especially for a team that has come under fire for so much over the last few years about like the name of the team and whose face you want to be as like, you know, the the mascot of your team or whatever. And I'm not saying that you should like run your team to like, it's like PR crisis management or whatever, but like, Talk about a way to build goodwill and be like, yeah, you know, what, we have fucked up a lot over the last few years. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to sign one of baseball's best and brightest young stars to a long-term deal who literally everyone loves.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I hate to bring this too close to home for you, but it feels like, so it feels like all of these teams used to just posture these ideas. They used to just threaten to trade their stars as a way of negotiating the contract down. Because the stars don't want to leave because they, in the past, the stars have not wanted to leave because they don't want their brand to take a hit or they don't want to be seen as disloyal or they've put down roots in these cities or they just like playing for that team and they like their teammates. And so the ownership groups have used this posturing to make it seem like they will trade you and they'll uproot your life, right? But now the pendulum has swung a little bit where stars are like, okay, trade me then. Like, what are you going to do? Trade me. I have the power here. I can get this contract from someone. Eric Hosmer got $180 million from someone. I'm Francisco fucking Lindor. I'm going to get this contract from the Dodgers or the Yankees or the Phillies or one of these teams that is just desperate or the Angels, one of these teams that is desperate to put a good product on the field and rightfully so. But ownership groups don't, they're not threatened by this because And I'm going to bring it all the way back to my point at the beginning where I'm going to bring it too close to home for you because look at what the A's have done. They've done this repeatedly. If you got every owner in a room and you gave them all truth serum and you asked them what has been the best, who has done the best job? Like you ask them a general question like that. Who's done the best job since the turn of the the century? They would all say Oakland because they've spent nothing. They have goodwill in the public they continue to develop fun young stars who are cheap and they let them all walk. And Billy Bean is a good enough GM, good enough by whatever standards, penny-pinching good, that he can continue to make it work. And they've cycled through different competitive eras of this team since the 2000 2000 season. So all of these other GMs and all of these owners learned that and they're like, that's great. We're still going to have fans because we have our fans held hostage. Yeah, I, I think that
1: the, the difference is that, and I, and I'm not,
0: There is am returns not gonna, to I'm it not though. gonna,
1: I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna defend Billy Bean here. But what I will say is, it almost to me feels like it's a game for him, you know, like, he wants to, like, be the best that he can, while <laughs> still doing it under this, you know, like $80 million budget or whatever, because the A's are year in and year out, always like, much to my chagrin, they're always kind of trying to compete, you know? They're never really all in, and they're never really all out. But even when they've just traded their stars... It's like they're it's racing, like they're, but they
0: won't use fifth gear. Like, they'll only yeah. use fourth gear.
1: Yes, yeah, exactly. It, it's like Billy Bean is on the baseball version of Chopped, and he's like, all right, you have a washed-up starting pitcher, and... um <laughs> A catcher who's no who no one has ever heard the name of, <laughs> and a bunch of guys who can get on base at a 320 clip.
0: And you're the team. greatest third baseman in the league. <laughs> yes.
1: And exactly. you're like, this is yeah. Bacon. Great. Yeah. <laughs> but I th- but it seems like more and more teams are just like not interested in that like aspect of winning anymore. You know, like with Mookie Betts, it's kind of just this argument where it's like, well, we gotta tear it down at this point. I we have yeah. we we have gotten the the money that we needed out of this investment in him. You know, Mm -hmm. we won our World Series. We we have gotten the TV rights to a new deal, whatever it is, right? It's like seize the opportunity to squeeze as much money out of it as possible and then wipe your hands and move on.
0: I'm sure Billy Bean is pissed off that all these other teams are starting to do this now because there's diminishing (laughs) returns to it. If you have three teams doing it, there will still be 27 other teams who are giving out contracts to good players. But if you have Fifteen to twenty teams operating like this. Yeah, if half the teams aren't interested in winning, what the? What do you well, do then <laughs> now? Seventy percent of the fans are pissed off, as opposed to just just you, just yeah. one thirtieth of the fans in A's fans. I mean, A's fans represent more than one thirtieth of fans because every time I go to a ballpark, I see a dude in an A's hat. Always yeah. a white dude. Always glasses. Always yep. a beard. Dude in yep. an A's hat. Yeah, every single time. Kings. And every, anytime you're <laughs> with me, you're just like. <laughs> Hell yeah, baby! Five one zero.
1: Yeah, we all have a group chat going.
0: Just <laughs> it's just white you're dudes. like, you're like white shit, dudes shit, and A's sh- caps sh- in Brooklyn. <laughs> Nobody's at the Orioles Rockies game right now. Please <laughs> get go, go, out go, there. go, go. Steve,
1: go. Steve, you're the closest. You're in D.C. right now. <laughs>
0: just push you out behind the curtains from behind the curtains. <laughs> I see a lot of A's hats around L.A. I think you'll be happy to know that. Sweet, I'll I could just be lying I'll to you right now, trying to get you to move here.
1: I've I would respect that.
0: A fun uh, a fun subplot of this podcast is that half the time I'm just trying to get you to move to LA. Yeah,
1: I'm interested to to see the listener's perspective. Do you think it's effective or not? Do you think it's working?
0: I really what, thought what I say had... you the listener. <laughs> if Mookie comes here, what if they get Mookie and Lindor, and they re-sign Puig? Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. Okay. All right. What if they bring Barry Zito out of retirement? <laughs> that would just make me
1: sad, man. I don't want to watch that. Okay,
0: what if he becomes their pitching coach? I don't know. <laughs> and then everyone's throwing this big looping curveball. Yes,
1: sounds good. What? What if the Dodgers just do all of these right things? The Dodgers, known for being an upstanding organization,
0: <laughs> they've never broken any morals, no, or none rules, at all. or literal international laws. Yeah
1: before we move on from this I just want to um, raise some information with you that I just learned yesterday doing a little bit of a doing a little searching through FEC filings as one as one does Uh, wait why were you doing that it it doesn't matter it's irrelevant Um, I was seeing if Taylor Swift had donated to any candidates over the last few years but that's beside beside the point Um,
0: I love when you have free time it's one of my favorite things (laughs)
1: Chaim Bloom the new oh yes GM uh-huh. of uh,
0: can I guess of, wait of can I guess Sox.
1: sure yes guess who guess who he gave money to Mayor Pete no
0: Real? oh worse <laughs> yeah oh no
1: Mayor Pete seems like the easy one like the young polished
0: they kind of like guy who just wants to vi- slash yeah, and they burn similar yeah. vibes
1: uh-huh like like bread fixing vibes yeah I feel that
0: if there was one baseball team that was going to fix bread prices or be involved in fixing bread prices, it would be the Tampa Bay Rays.
1: Oh, 100%.
0: Where yeah. Heimblum came from. <laughs>
1: uh, All right. So, uh, so who was
0: it? Rubio?
1: <laughs> no, it was a, a Dem candidate. Oh, okay. Just a, just a few months ago.
0: You said a worse candidate than Mayor Pete in the Democratic field? Tom yeah. Sire? No. A few months ago? So it's are- this cycle? Yeah. It's it just boy. Biden? It's just Our Biden? boy
1: Joe. Yeah. Weird. Joe Biden. I don't that see that at strange? all. Just not at all. I mean, I guess I was thinking about it. And I guess from the perspective of just being absolutely cynical about the way that you like conduct your business, you mm-hmm. know, just having just absolutely bleak outlook. No hope for the future whatsoever just not even really trying to win just trying to lose the least Mm. you know yeah and it's just kind of like fuck it blow it all up who cares anymore so
0: he strikes me so much as like this guy that would put such weight in like new thinking you know yes like i know like this guy that would be like i want the guy who's going to focus most on like efficiency and these systems of these algorithmic ways of running our world. Which yeah. would make me believe that he would either be into, like, Mayor Pete. I 100% see the Mayor McKinsey, Pete
1: support, yeah.
0: Or, like, Yang, you know? Like, I could yes, su- I could yeah. totally see him being, like, swept into a Yang gang via Instagram ad. Uh-huh. That's yeah, really weird. But, and
1: instead he goes for the doddering guy whose brain is falling apart. and yeah, can't well, put three, string three sentences together. Here's the
0: lane, though. Here's the lane for that, though, is that if you pick the doddering dude who can't put three sentences together straight, you know he has a history of just letting shit fly right by him. You know he's never gonna wake up attentive enough to take away the uh, antitrust act for baseball. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know he's never, gonna, he's never gonna see a paper come across his desk about the uh, make baseball great again act or whatever it was called and yeah. be like, I should get rid of this. So, mm-hmm. all of the shit that you're getting away with now legislate legislation wise you're just going to continue to get away with if Trump or Biden are president yeah. although Trump is a wild card for sure he might wake up one day and be like i care a lot about major league baseball and and it might change in a week
1: yeah who knows no joe biden wakes up and is like but, hey jack what do you what do you mean they're getting rid of getting rid of the minor leagues are they are the minor leagues even integrated yet you know back in my day <laughs> i uh, i i knew i knew a guy I knew a guy who played baseball, and his name was T- Tennessee Jim, <laughs> and and boy did he just have the the best curveball that you've ever seen. Anyway, Joe Biden,
0: Joe Biden seems like can the kind I of dude who cheese? has like he has <laughs> he has like ten branch Ricky stories, and you're <laughs> yeah. like maybe one of these is true partially, uh-huh. but you don't know where they came from, and he doesn't even know where they came from. Yeah. It's like a lie that he's told so many times and he's not sure what's true anymore.
1: Yeah, one of those stories that like kind of changes every single time he tells it. And you're like, okay, there's something going on here. I think you just read this in a book and your brain is just mush and you think that this happened to you now.
0: Joe Biden you know, definitely you know, read John Sexton's book. John Sexton, former president of New York University. Big uh, Branch Ricky fan.
1: Yeah, yeah. He was a Joe friend Biden's, of the Sexton family. Joe Biden goes around telling a story about how he was the first African American baseball player, how he broke baseball's color barrier. He's like, Not many people know this about me.
0: He's like, Not many people know this about me, but I actually got dinner with Jackie Robinson the night before he broke the color barrier. And you're like, I can't refute it. Yeah. <laughs> but also, this sounds like bullshit. Yeah. Okay. Let's Meanwhile, talk-
1: Ber- Bernie just wants the Dodgers back.
0: Literally. Oh my God. That, that That's piece of the, in the, only the thing Times. He wants. Yeah. Yeah. This is the only good headline that the Times has ever written about Bernie. Bernie Sanders wants the Dodgers back. Can we talk really quickly, Wait, now that we're on this tangent? Mm -hmm. Bernie getting elected would be by far the best thing that could happen to baseball. Not even close. Not even close. Yeah, absolutely. Having a president that gives a shit about baseball and labor is like the biggest win for this podcast and lefty baseball fans online. Oh,
1: absolutely.
0: He's like, uh, we're getting rid of the antitrust. Uh, We are... Enforcing fair pay among minor leaguers—that's like minor
1: leaguers. You're unionized. Yes. Boom. Snap. Snap.
0: Fingers. You have a union. Incredible stuff. (laughs) I have thought a not insignificant amount of times about what Bernie getting elected would mean, obviously for the world, blah blah blah, blah, and for labor in America. But for fucking major league baseball, bro. We've leaned fully into the art. Like we're like a parody of ourselves on this episode.
1: Yeah, we really are. The thing is, like baseball is like so insulated at this point. Like I don't even know what would happen. You know, like I I feel like Bernie would make
0: strides, but dude, imagine Rob Manfred trying to go toe to toe with the president of the United States, Bernie Sanders. And he's got fucking time. Bernie, he's campaigning in Iowa, trying to win the the democratic nomination right now, but still is like giving speeches about minor league baseball. Mm -hmm. Dude, he has more time for minor league baseball than us. I know, and honestly. what are we doing you're looking up who taylor swift has donated to on a saturday night <laughs> <laughs> you do what you gotta do man you got you,
1: you gotta get to know your idols did you find anything no unfortunately not yeah she's not, i just watched the new documentary taylor swift does her. a
0: lot of things but she's not sloppy
1: no she's not
0: i'm yeah. sure she's still pissed off about the fact that people found out that she got carried out in that that roadie box <laughs> yeah she's like who let it who let it slide? Yeah.
1: She's smart. She oh, is. She's savvy. I love her. Do you? Yeah.
0: Oh, totally. and can we get her at the halftime show then? The the seventh inning stretch show? Oh, yeah. I could I could see Taylor Swift yeah. doing that. It's like this sort of like anodyne pop star that is inoffensive to many people. Yeah. But like I almost, it's kind of offensive to some people, but inoffensive to enough people that Rob Manfred would be like, great. I almost
1: feel like she's too big for that. You know, like I feel like when it comes to the like Super Bowl halftime show, it's usually stars who have kind of are like a few
0: years past their prime. You know, like either I like, cannot believe oh like, what like, you just slandered. So many people who mean so much to me. Pitbull. No, 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 no. No, it's, <laughs> it's there is no post prime <laughs> for one Pitbull. Yeah. Mr. <laughs> no, 305. It's, it's
1: it's either like like rock, like iconic music figures mm-hmm. um from you know Bruce history. Five. Yeah, I mean, that's who I was thinking of. Sting. Yeah.
0: That was a weird yeah. one.
1: Sting. know he did the, the Red NBA, Hot Chili Peppers. Sting
0: did the NBA All Star Game, which was even weirder than him doing the Super Bowl. Yeah. Anyway, or it's like young or, pop stars that are like not big, they're not like too expensive yet. Is that what you were I gonna guess. say?
1: Or I was, just, or or like washed up pop stars. Maybe washed up is not the right way of framing it. But like the Beyonce and I'm stands. I'm so excited to see. I know they are. Yeah, the beehive. Fuck. Shit. This is. I've slandered. On this I've day, gone too, two, I've gone too far. This time,
0: I've watched Alex basically <laughs> get canceled right before my very eyes.
1: Yo, I'm stoked for JLo Lo and Shakira. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm excited.
0: J Lo is amazing. Yeah. Shout out hustlers. I Way hope she, she brings Usher out. Sh- <laughs> yes. I hope she brings out Usher, and he just goes, "Usher, baby." <laughs> I hope she brings out A-Rod, honestly. And I want him to just be like, you know... Th- no, no, don't give him a microphone. <laughs> just make him Instagram live. He'd be like, yes, oh, no, exactly. Here. He's like trying to get J-Lo in the shot, and she's like, I'm performing. And he's like, no, yeah. just get in the shot real quick. But he, Yeah, yeah. He's,
1: he's the Instagram husband. He's just in the, in the front row, just filming it.
0: I gotta say, if you gave me a list of odds for what A-Rod would have become, like, post-playing career... I would have totally believed like talking head on TV. I would have totally believed he would have went to the booth. I would have believed he would even become like a hitting coach, almost like Barry Bonds Miami Marlins style. I would not have believed it at the time, but now that it's happened, Instagram husband is perfect. Yeah. The thing is like when you look at A-Rod and Jeter. He only ever wanted to be second in the spotlight, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. But like when you look at someone like A-Rod and look at someone like Jeter, like when they were young, I would have pegged Jeter to just be like the influencer like so, you know he's like he's like young, he's cute he gets the girls like you're like oh he's the guy who's like gonna have a a career in the spotlight, in like the cultural spotlight after the game but A-Rod just total heel turn and honestly we love to see it
0: A-Rod's almost like new money billionaire and Jeter's like old money billionaire like he just wants to operate in his own life do whatever, yeah. have power But A-Rod's like, look at my face. It looks so good. Yeah. (laughs) He's like Dan Bilzerian.
1: Yeah. No, A-Rod spends hundreds of dollars on like facial products every month.
0: I take back what I said about tagging us in Barstool podcast posts. You can tag us in A-Rod's podcast.
1: Does he have a Barstool
0: podcast? Yeah. You don't know about this? No. Should I play some right now? Live on the air? Oh, God.
1: Is A-Rod canceled?
0: He's been canceled so many times. You know, Phoebe asked me a couple of weeks ago, or like last week or whatever. She was like, if you get canceled once, you're canceled. But if you get canceled again, is it like multiplying negative integers? Like, do you get uncancelled?
1: Yeah, do you just become is there is there a point after which you're just like you're uncancelable?
0: It's called the core podcast. Like A Rod Corp. Corp? Core? A Rod Corp.
1: The C O R P Yeah podcast? Corp. Is it is it just like SpawnCon? <laughs>
0: It, no, it literally is spawncon for Arod Corp. <laughs> Tight. It's like a, it's like a leadership pod. You know, he's had oh like my god, he's had like yes. the barstool CEO on Erica Nardini. Yeah, who was brought in to quote unquote clean up barstool. Things are going well over there.
1: Uh huh. Yeah. Damn. Go off,
0: Arod. I I can't believe you didn't know about
1: this. Yeah, I know. I'm i've been I've been too um I've been too out of A-Rod's world the last few months. I need to plug back in. I need to watch some more YouTube videos to get my head back in it
0: you know you you just brought up Jeter. it made me think the path that he's taken and it worries me a lot is like a little bit i want to be the commissioner of a baseball league he uh I would not rule that out for him, and I don't think I would like it
1: Oh, I wouldn't like it either based
0: on how he how the boss runs things in Miami
1: yeah the thing is I feel like part of the problem is that he hasn't really done anything good
0: (laughs) in his post playing career and like I'm not saying that did Bud Selig do anything good he's fucking ruined the Milwaukee Brewers yeah I know in order to be commissioner of baseball you either have to have been an assistant commissioner of baseball or you have to have a track record of ruining a franchise that's it you don't have to (laughs) do anything Derek Jeter is like you know what his approval rating is? It's way higher than anyone that we can name right now.
1: Where do you find a Derek Jeter approval rating? Who is doing in, these polls?
0: In general. Like if you did a <laughs> you, if you did a the the Des
1: Moines Register isn't sending out
0: <laughs> if you did a Des Moines Register poll of different baseball figures, Jeter would win. Yeah. Plant that seed in your head and think about that. Another guy that would be high up on this list is well a couple guys that we want to talk about before we before we move on, we've gone a little long on this first segment here, Alex. <laughs> a couple guys in the news this past week. Dusty Baker, new manager of the Houston Astros. Um, I don't I mean, I don't have a ton to say about this, but I do want to ask you, is this like a really Craven hire? Like, are they using his good public will as like a year of defense against bad PR? Yes, they are.
1: Okay. That's why they gave him a one year deal. And then, on top of that, a one-year team option,-hmm, so it's with like a buyout, right? So like, it's basically just a one-year deal. They I don't think they're expecting any internal cultural change. Dusty Baker, good guy. Really like him. Great guy. Want, want the best for him.:
0: It's really unfortunate that the only way he can get another managerial job is for a team that needs good PR at the moment. Yes, <laughs> seriously. Um, and then the last thing. Speaking of future commissioners of baseball, I want to pour one out for my boy, Curtis Granderson. Longtime listeners of the podcast will remember that uh, we created a, a presidential cabinet of baseball players. And Grandy was at the top of the ticket. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you would be suited to be commissioner of baseball. But I do think that Curtis Granderson would be a fantastic commissioner of baseball. 100%. Oh, you heard it here first. The
1: campaign starts now com. you can go sign up if you want to um come knock on doors with us we're going to be obviously starting in Iowa um but we plan to expand our operations very soon we uh we need some slogans what's our slogan I
0: don't for know. the campaign we shouldn't rush it you know we need to market test those things true uh, i mean do you think we should pass out flyers at ballparks this year grandy for commissioner yes.
1: We should. This, this is. is act- this would actually be a great bit. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a I good mean, viral already, marketing
0: thing for you and me.
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, he already kind of has a slogan baked in, and you know, his. I mean, his whole thing is like he's the Grandy man. Yeah. And the Grandy man can. Yes. So like.
0: The Grandy man can. That's it right there. Yeah.
1: Or just yes, he can. You know, just totally crib something <laughs> from Obama.
0: I'm fine with that. Yeah. He, Obama doesn't own phrases. No. We can build on that. Yeah. Love to build on Obama's legacy. <laughs>
1: Yikes. Yeah. Shout out to Curtis Grandison. Honestly, come on the pod. Talk about your water drinking habits. Oh my God. Talk about TBT. Talk talk about your future and like what comes next for you. Yeah, like, I'd love to wanna, see what I comes next know. for him.
0: Yeah. It's uh it makes me sad that he's retired, but I do think like it would make me sadder to just watch him bounce around to like bad team to bad team like he spent some time on the marlins and stuff and um i like to remember him closer to his prime in detroit and new york where he was just he was like a i mean he's like a four tool guy you know it's not like he yeah. doesn't have a great arm in the outfield but everything else is really solid yeah he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't have a great hit tool either i guess but not anymore
1: three and a half Three and a half tools. Three and a half tools. <laughs> I mean, didn't the thing anticipate about us is, to give like our <laughs>
0: scouting report of Granderson, but here, that's where we are.
1: I mean, the thing is, he, the type of player that he was, was felt so unique, you know, especially as we started to transition into this era of like hyper-optimized like baseball players, like a guy like Mike Trout who just like does everything perfectly, you know. And mm-hmm. Granderson's like his stance the way he threw the ball, everything felt, you know, almost like, almost in that Hunter Pence kind of way. I'm like, this probably shouldn't work the way you're doing this, but it does. And it's incredibly enjoyable to watch.
0: And I think like, slightly ahead of his time, you know, like, great eye, took a lot of walks, worked the count, hit a lot of home runs, had a lot of pop, had a lot of power, helped by New York, obviously, but... In, the, in his earlier days in Detroit had a lot of pop as well you know if he was in his prime in the juice ball era playing for the Yankees he might have been able to oh hit 50 God. who knows he hit 42 one year with the Yankees so yeah. kind of like that three true outcomes solid defense you know his range was pretty good for the stat cast era so yeah he was a little ahead of his time but that's okay you know he still spent a lot of good years making fan bases really happy that's the thing like you you cannot find a fan of a team that he was on who dislikes him it's I challenge anyone listening to this podcast to do that. He is the most likable person I could ever imagine,
1: yeah well and I think a big part of that is also how much he engaged with the community too. He was never the kind of guy who was just like put your head down and play, yeah, like he very much cared about like the pipeline to major league baseball for young kids, <laughs> especially young african American kids, and I mean you know he has a foundation dedicated yeah. specifically to that and Championing so
0: baseball in urban areas yeah
1: yeah yeah um so i think that was a really big that's going to continue to be a really big part of his legacy and i'm hoping that there are other players out there who take that torch
0: imagine having someone who had five percent of his his give a shit about baseball as the commissioner that'd be great it'd be great wouldn't that be tight yeah it would be sick almost All right, Alex, we're going to get out of here in a little bit. But before we do, we're going to do something that we started last offseason and didn't really keep up during the season. But we're going to try a little harder this year. Uh, and that is we're going to draft, not draft. We're going to randomly select new teams for us to root for this year. So you are an A's fan. I'm a Mets fan. I have adopted the A's. You have adopted the Mets. So those two teams are out of the running for this. But what we're going to do is we're going to put a number in a random number generator, and we're going to find a new a team to uh, invest in this year. We're great. We're increasing our odds of seeing "quote unquote" our team win a World Series.
1: I think we need to um, to up our engagement with this segment over the course of the next year. Uh, like have maybe bi-weekly check-ins, maybe monthly check-ins on how our how our teams are doing. Maybe bring on bring on some actual some actual fans of these teams or or beat reporters or uh I don't know, or or you know, we make a make a friendly wager on it.
0: Okay. That's good What's with the, me. I don't the, know yeah, I don't we, know how we make a friendly wager on it. I'm going to have to think about that one. But bringing on beat yeah. reporters and fans and stuff, I think is a good idea. We do try to talk about everything that's going on in the league. But as, you know, if you're a listener of the show, you know that we don't hone too closely in on the games. You know, we know that not everyone watches every team and we know that not everyone watches full games quite as closely and that's fine. We love the baseball world in general. But yeah, I think it would be fun to bring on, to kind of take the temperature of our our teams. Uh, last year you were a uh, adopted fan of the Twins and I was an adopted fan of the Giants. That was a tough pill for me to swallow. I disliked the Giants. I know I'm saying all of this now and it probably means that I'm going to get them again this year. <laughs> but I have a random p- number generator on my screen. You're just going to have to trust that I'm being honest about it.
1: That's fair. I I kind of trust you at this point. It's been a few years. You We've known each kind other. of
0: trust me. <laughs> We've been friends I'm really, for like 5 years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm pulling for the Reds. The Reds are Hell yeah. the Reds were my like actual like kind of sleeper team I I I rooted for last year and I'm keeping that so like whatever team I pull up is going to be like number four on on my list of teams I'm rooting
0: for behind like the A's the Mets and the Reds but I mean the Reds were a really fun team to bandwagon last year shout out to Hannah Kaiser but it's tough with Trevor Bauer on the team this year yeah maybe they trade him early on and it becomes easier to root for the Reds or I guess you can root for the Reds in four out of every five games
1: yeah that's enough And you can i i think you can it's, yeah you can still like watch the games and and judge in the same way that like you know you could watch indians games just on days when trevor bauer isn't pitching
0: <laughs> okay here we go do you want to go first do you want to go second um
1: that's wow that's a tough question lots
0: to Is consider there, there. there's only two options
1: <laughs> um i'll let you go first
0: oh my god okay
1: yeah all right, drum roll, please.
0: Okay. The crowd waits with I got the tw- breath. I got the twins. I feel like we shouldn't do the did twins again. Did you actually yeah. get the twins? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Yes. Should we do the twins we- again? You say again as if we There's even did no anything with it last year. like this. No. No, next team. Next the twins team. Teams are so 2019. The twins are out. Okay, here's my next team. It's gonna be something much worse. I know it. It's I gonna be know way worse. I know yeah.
1: it. It's gonna be like the Red
0: Sox. It's the Reds. Hell yeah, baby. Wow. All right, fine. Are you mad? Kind of, yeah. All right. Are you ready for yours? No. Rays. Ugh, really? Yeah. Huh. That's okay. That's a kind of a downer. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Yeah, but a bit of a downer, but I'm I'll, I'll make it work. It's going to be complicated,
1: so let's uh let's talk about our teams. What are you most looking forward to uh watching on the on the reds in 2020 Bobby?
0: I want to say really quickly though, before we talk about this 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 random number generator that I'm looking at it so it gives you one through thirty, and I just chose the number one. it gives you one with the team name next to it, and I chose number one for that's how I determined it um but cam- coming in second for you was the Twins and coming in third was the Reds so I don't know if this is the greatest shuffler <laughs> <laughs> who shuffled these cards fourth was the Tigers dodged a bullet there and fifth was the A's so you know dead last was the Astros so it was fucking woke Hell in that yeah. way
1: yeah it was so woke
0: <laughs> okay what am I looking forward to for the Reds this year um days that Trevor Bauer doesn't pitch uh huh Sonny Gray for sure I, uh, I bet big on him last year in fantasy. I took him really early. He was like one of the first pitchers that I took. And everyone was like, oh, you fucking idiot. Sonny Gray fucking sucks, dude. And I was like, no, he doesn't. He was just in New York. And they wanted him to throw stuff that he wasn't good at throwing. So fuck you guys. And guess what? He had a great year. Uh, so that's fun. Luis Castillo. Very fun young pitcher. Throws very hard. I appreciate him.
1: Yeah, I hope he is actually good this year. That'd be cool if he had a good year again.
0: He could not find the plate last year, but that's okay. He has the same name as former Met Luis Castillo, the guy who dropped a pop-up against the Yankees that I'll never forget. So I'm hoping to maybe cleanse the Luis Castillo file of my memory and have a good one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Michael Lorenzen is cool. He was a two-way player, and now he's just a reliever.
1: You literally, you also haven't mentioned the most obvious name that you get to now root for Joey Votto. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm really, I'm, I am a little worried, I have to say, that he's like just bad now. Yeah. He did not he have is. a great year last year or the yeah. year before that. No. But it's not all about being good, you know? Sometimes this is just about being fun.
1: Exactly.
0: In all seriousness, though, I have the existentialism of Nick Castellanos and I have the pure young baseball joy of Nick Senzel. Hell yeah. One of the top Eugenio prospects Suarez. in baseball. Eugenio Suarez who just decided he was like, nah, I'm, d- I'm just going to hit 40 home runs. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Sure. Go off, King. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're, they're fun. Uh, I have to say, Phoebe is, Phoebe, my girlfriend, is from Northern Kentucky right next to Cincinnati. She's from Florence where the Florence y'alls are. So, this is, this is great. I already have a Cincinnati Reds hat for this reason and I've already been to Great American Ballpark. Which, side note, Great American Ballpark is Con. I thought it was just one of the few stadiums that had a name that was like USA, but it's not. It's like a bank or something.
1: That's fair. Could be worse. It's better than like Wells Fargo or like, God forbid, you know, like it's better than a team naming their stadium like the Chase Center or something like, like that. City, you know, like City Field. Yeah, City Field.
0: <laughs> C-I-T-I. Okay, the Tampa Bay Rays
1: go off. I am stoked. They was such a fun young core. First mm-hmm. of all, Wander Franco, one of the best prospects in baseball, extremely fun. He's a, obviously a couple years off, so by the time he comes up to the major leagues, I'm I'm artificially not going to be rooting for this team anymore. But you know, but um, <laughs> they Yandy Diaz, who if he stopped trying to hit ground balls, could hit like seventy home runs. Yeah, which is dope. Because He's like his, Jose
0: Canseco without the steroids.
1: Yeah, exactly. His arms are just tree trunks, straight up. Just Johannes Espidus reincarnated. And uh and G Man Choi is a big boy first baseman who I love. Uh who else? Brendan McKay? Brandon. The Lau. The, the, the Brendan McKay two-way superstar, potentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get to root for a two-way player this year.
0: You're missing a couple of big ones still.
1: Well, that yeah, that doesn't even that's just the the offense. There are obviously some incr- that pitching staff is stacked. Yep. I mean, Charlie Morton, Blake Snell, Tyler Glassnow, um is even is really is really good. Chirinos is good. Trevor they Richards have this um, year trying to revive I, have, his career. They have uh, Brent. They have Brent Honeywell. Yeah, another, another top pitching prospect. He's I mean, incredible. The Rays are like low key, kind of loaded with some intriguing young talent. Lots of like. Former top prospects who like other teams just wanted to offload, you know, guys like Brent, uh, Austin Meadows and Mike Zanino, Connor Renfro. was
0: good. Uh, yeah. I have to say, Willie Adamas is a boatload of fun. He's yeah. He's
1: really absolutely. underrated in
0: terms of like fun young shortstops that we talk about. Totally. He's only 25. And I, I love dudes named Willie. I feel like that's a really good baseball name. Yeah. And then can I submit two Jose's who are really fun for you next year? Oh, my
1: God. I was just about to say Jose. Jose, Jose Martinez, Martinez, who is a weirdo. Cafecito, my yeah. guy. Jose Martinez literally King. sells coffee. He has a coffee brand. And but also, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go buy it, I think, and do a review on the podcast.
0: In 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 line with what you were talking about with Curtis Granderson is he definitely does not play, quote unquote, the efficient way. His swing is ridiculous. He flies open every time, but he gets bad on ball and it's really fun to watch. And then uh, my other submission, my other Jose submission is Jose Alvarado, who has the nastiest, the nastiest arm side action of anyone in baseball. That may be a wonky term to use here, but his fastball, literally, it's like magic the way that it moves. Their their bullpen is
1: kind of unfair. They have four... Pitchers who are listed as closers.
0: (laughs) Come on. Yeah, what? Nick Anderson, Diego?
1: (laughs) Yeah, Diego Castillo,
0: Alvarado, Emilio Pagan. Yeah. I mean... Even like Jalen Beeks was like closing for the Red Sox for a little bit last year. I mean, the Red Sox bullpen was a train wreck, but...
1: I mean, yeah, what you get with the Rays is like kind of a shrug in strategy, which is cool. You know? Like maybe they're going to do the opener shit again. Who knows? Why not?
0: Uh let's close on this guy. Kevin Kiermaier. Maybe the most attractive player in baseball? Those eyes. Man. I mean, if, it, also, if if he's your if he's your taste, right? Like white guy, pretty eyes, right. nice eyebrows, yeah. then he's the most attractive player in baseball. If he's not, that's fine. Yeah. But many I, people, including many, many, many people at the Ringer feel that he is the most attractive player in baseball. <laughs> interesting.
1: Kevin Kiermaier also known for um just lubing up his body before a, <laughs> before a cold baseball game early in like 2018. That will yeah. forever stick with me. He's just just lube on the entire body. body.
0: He also makes a lot of really fun diving, diving plays. Yeah, also good at baseball. Is yeah, another he's just, thing. That yeah, he, he can't hit for shit, Arguably third, okay. third on the list. It's okay.
1: Damn, dude. We just talked about baseball for like 15 minutes. That's I know, wild. I, know it I haven't good. done that in so long.
0: It feels really good. I it's cannot just, wait for baseball to, to come back. Amid amid
1: all of like the shit that has gone down over the last few months and like it feels like every day it gets harder and harder to be a baseball fan. But like when you just watch the game and you watch the players, there's like a little spark inside, you know? And I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, that's that's why I that's why I hang in there.
0: There's something in the air, man. It's been really nice in LA. I've been yesterday I was over uh kind of by Dodger Stadium. And there's just, like, this frisson in the air where I just, like, it gets me going again. The idea of going to Dodger Stadium and sitting in the cheap seats and getting a Dodger dog and getting a $14 beer. do you dollar live in L.A.? Beer, where do you getting, live? Hey, man. Do you go to, do you go hey, to Dodger games? Hey, stop. <laughs> are you on the West Coast? Wow, is it sunny where you are? <laughs> it's really nice. It's really nice here. Awesome. You should come it's out. For,
1: it's 40 here, so...
0: Another reason should dark out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's there's something in the air about like when when January is over, like like you said at the beginning of this podcast, two two twenty. January is over. You can start to kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel about when you're going to start feeling good again.
1: Now you can like count down to when pitchers and catchers report. Holy shit!
0: Yeah, We're it's like, like it's like under two weeks. weeks
1: away. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow! I just got really excited. Okay. Uh, we hope that this episode was not too wide-ranging. Or if you want it to be more wide-ranging, then uh, tell us about what musical artists you want us to talk about. Who you want oh us God, yeah. to talk about as the idea of them playing the seventh-inning stretch of a theoretical World Series halftime performance.
1: Yeah, talk to me about what presidential candidates you think other GMs donated to. is <laughs> you know? a fun bit, yeah. Theo Epstein probably wanted like Kamala Harris or something like that, you know? Yeah. Or Cory Booker.
0: Theo Epstein was probably at the donor dinner in the Hamptons that got Bernie in trouble for calling yeah. Kamala Harris out.
1: Yeah. Either, th- either that or at Pete's wine cave <laughs> donor dinner. Uh, you know what I will add? Right before we sign off, I'm just going to slide this into the end right here. This is an article... Um, in NBC Sports the other day by Brody Brazil, and I will link to it below. And it was just about A's players and how many trips to Bob Melvin's office they make during the year. The content is slow, really slow in the off-season. That was the story? (laughs) That was the entire story. Hold on, can you imagine Um, your
0: editor and the writer comes and you say yes to that? That's That's like me at our college newspaper levels of not giving a fuck.
1: And yet, it unearthed some fascinating tidbits, like how Ramon Laureano is in there basically every day and uh, yeah. they We'd they talk about friendship. stuff like Loriano said, quote, we talk about his wine collection and how he should pass out wine to the team for every win because he has a lot of Napa friends that send him wine. So,
0: uh... Is Bob Melvin Big Pete money? Honestly. Does he have a wine cave? <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. He also, Loriano also said, we also talk about how many times he's been thrown out by the umpire that is working that specific night. And I tell him, Hey, you've got to calm down a little bit tonight because the guy behind the plate has thrown you out twice in the last four years. Ramon Laureano bringing sabermetrics to umpire ejections.
0: That's so funny. Fuck yeah. I just, why does he care? Who is giving him that stat?
1: I know, right? Like, Is Is Ramon Laureano a big umpire savant?
0: Maybe he's like a big uh, baseball reference query guy. I would love that. We already love him enough.
1: I know. That's like my only dream is for baseball players to like show that they love baseball as much as we do.
0: I know. The bar I, is so low. It's, it's yeah.
1: so low. Zach Greinke quotes fan graphs and I'm just like, wow.
0: Uh, thank you everyone for listening. We really appreciate it. If you like what you're hearing, rate and review in iTunes. Would be great. If not, that's fine too. Just tell someone else about the show and we'll be back next week. That's all true. I did get dumped, and I did have 103 fever. Yeah. No, I believe it. I got dumped that's over brutal. text. Oh, God. It was, like, right after Paramore went off. Wait, so... In between so the bands. In between the sets.
1: Was was the person with you at the concert? Or no. were you just at... I gotcha. Okay. I was at the concert. I was going like, to be like, damn, that's a... brute. Why would you want to break up there? Why would you take someone to a concert, and then halfway through, be like, nah, not feeling it.
0: No, I was at the concert with my mom and sister, And my sister's friends. Gotcha. And I got dumped over text. And you're like,
1: man, I really am in the business of misery. (laughs) Like, this is just... (laughs)